Welcome to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast with Rob Peters. That's right, Rob Peters is back doing a podcast, but this time it's about bringing in guests and sharing experiences and information to help you create a better DJ business for you, your clients, and your community. And now here's your host, a man who's never strapped anything to the hood of his car, Rob Peters. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's show, brought to you by the Bubble Parties Business Program and Speed Quiz and Smartphone Trivia. Thanks for downloading and listening. It's always a pleasure to have you along. We're watching our numbers grow week in and week out, so be sure to tell a friend about the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Michael Lever is going to join me on the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about being a multi-op and mergers and acquisitions and a lot of fun stuff there. So stay tuned. It's a great conversation with Mike. You know, it's funny because I do our releases on Tuesday and looking at the calendar, we're in October now. Where does the time go? It just seems like the other day I started doing this just to see how we would do with our numbers. And our numbers are growing every week. So that's partly because of you. So do me a favor. Make sure to spread the word about this podcast. It's been a lot of fun to produce it. And I'm getting ready, believe it or not, it's kind of a lot of changes going on with me personally. First of all, uh, we got a puppy here in the house, and that's been kind of a change of pace for me. I don't have kids. I've never had a dog, so it's been kind of interesting, but he's a lot of fun. His name's Brady. And next Monday, I hit a milestone. I hit one of those milestone birthdays. It's actually my 10th anniversary of my 40th birthday. So... A lot of change, but you know what? I'm still loving what I do. I'm still loving doing this podcast and DJing and sharing what I know with the industry. So speaking of that, I announced it last week. Keith Allen and I are going to be back at Mobile Beat Las Vegas next March. We not only are going to be doing our seminar that we did last year where it's open forum and we allow you to go sit at tables and do roundtable discussions, we're also doing what's called the Weekday Wealth Institute, where we're going to teach you how to earn more money during the week as a mobile DJ. You don't want to miss this. Check out Mobile Beat's website for more information about Mobile Beat Las Vegas 24 and get your passes now while you have the chance. Anyway, we're going to take a quick time out, pay some bills. Michael Lieber is coming up next. You're listening to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Everybody, as you know, RPE, we do a lot of bar nights. And you know, I use speed quizzing smartphone trivia from my bar trivia nights because it is the future of bar trivia that features a friendly app that your customers are going to download. You play the hosted game and they get to submit their answers electronically. Not only have I used it for my bar nights, but I've found ways to incorporate it into other events I do, including corporate events and holiday parties. Speed quizzing events are great because there are no pens, no paper, and no cheating. Find out more about speed quizzing today at speedquizzing.com. Well, there you have it, everybody. We're back and getting ready to talk a little bit of just all kinds of cool stuff today with Michael Leveris from New York. Mike, what's up? Hey, Rob, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. You sound like you're outside. Is that true? 
I am. I'm uh, sitting on my uh, back deck enjoying a uh, beautiful fall day here in New York. It's gorgeous here today. Oh, man. I wish I could get outside today. That's not happening up here in Boston, though. If you've heard Mike's name or voice before, it's because you've probably seen him at the DJ Expo. He has worked with Jake on Entertainer of the Year and also the Game Seminar. I've been co-hosting with Jake for the last uh, three years. We uh, took it over in 2017. You do a bunch of game stuff. In fact, you and I co-hosted a games night for the New Jersey Disc Jockey Network. Well, we didn't co-host it. I did my topic on marketing, and then you came down. So I guess you could say we tag-teamed the meeting. Yes, we did. That was back in April. It was a great night. You had some uh, great golden nuggets and uh, gems, and then we uh, played some games and taught some DJs some great performance techniques. And that's, you know, been the basis of how I've built my businesses. And you and I are both multi-ops. That's correct. So we're going to talk some multi-op stuff today. And Mike, what was your moment? What was the moment for you and your experience when you became, when you decided to become a multi-op? When I got my start in May of 97, my next door neighbor owned a DJ company that was a multi-op. He offered me you know, a summer job. I didn't know anything about DJing parties, but I figured, hey, it'll be cool. I'll make some money. And I'm not, you know, working in retail or flipping hamburgers. And so it was, I was already, you know, kind of exposed to the multi-op from the beginning. I worked for that company for eight years. Another multi-op hired me away as I learned more about the industry. I got an offer to leave my first company to go to a new one for Greener Pastures. Uh, I ran that multi-op with that owner for the next, I would say, five to six years. And then he, for a variety of reasons, got out of the industry. And I took the company over, rebranded it, kind of put my own spin on it. And I was kind of a multi-op from, you know, the moment that he said, I'm out. And uh, just kind of been running it that way ever since. I did downscale a little bit. So I run uh, anywhere from two to three crews. You're based where in New York? about uh, 65, 70 miles north of New York City. People call us the Hudson Valley region. That's where we are, the lower Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. So you've got two or three crews. What do you specialize in? Uh, the, the big stuff, weddings, barn, bat mitzvahs, corporate events, of course, then Sweet Sixteens. Another thing we specialize in during the week is we uh, host four different uh, trivia nights for our local TGI Fridays locations in our area. So. You've been doing multi-op for a long time, and it sounds to me like it literally landed in your lap. Yes. And that there wasn't a transition. There wasn't a day where it was just you, and then you took a look around, and you were like, wow, you know what? I have too much demand. I need to bring some people in. No, that's right. It was pretty much we already had the demand. We had the talent, or I had the guys you know, working for me, and I just kept, you know, I took over that multi-op that was owner that was getting out, took over that company, and just kept booking work. I mean, obviously, some people have left, and I've brought in new people, but I've kept it pretty constant at the, the two to three crews per weekend, or that's what our, our capabilities are, and I, uh, I haven't made a huge push to go beyond that currently. So you've got two or three crews out. I think the one thing that as a multi-op owner, and you probably experienced this too, is when people call you up and you have to tell them that it's not going to be you. Correct. How do you, how do you handle the customer that is on the fence at that point that says, well, if it's not you, I don't know if we're going to book. And I, I mean, how do you deal with that? 
Well, I first explained to them up front that the other headliners that I have that work with me and I book events for have been with me for quite a long time. Most of these guys, you know, started with me as, you know, your, your DJ assistant or roadie or tech, you know, that, you know, your entry level jobs. And I explained to them that, you know, once they become a headliner, they've already been with me, you know, two, three, four years. I've got one guy that's been with me since the start of me owning my company. And I say, why don't we just take an opportunity, allow me to schedule an appointment with myself, the other headliner and you guys, and let's get to know each other and see if we're a right fit. Uh, that way there's no surprises and they're not just booking another headliner site unseen. We also have video content of some of our other headliners performing quick, you know, two, three, four minute sizzle reels of them in action. Um, and obviously we have, you know, clients they've worked for and venues that were referred by that can uh, provide referrals and references and say, yes, that's guy we're working for Mike does a quality job. So I feel like that those types of techniques and those types of uh, uh, actions will help uh, ease the customer's uh, concerns about not having the owner and not having Mike there. Are you treating them as an employee, meaning you're owning the gear and paying them as an employee, or are they contractors? Uh, we treat them as contractors. They own their own gear and they're 1099 at the end of the year. You've had some people who've been with you for a long time. I mean, let's be honest. If you've got a, if you're a multi-op and you keep your DJ four plus years and they don't see the greener pastures as going out on their own, that's a pretty good thing. What's the secret? How do you keep these guys so that they're not looking to start up on their own? I think they just enjoy the fact that they're not saddled with the, uh, larger uh, issues that a business owner faces. They're able to do the things that they love. They can perform, they can entertain, they can work, uh, you know, work weekends in addition to, you know, whatever they, maybe their full-time job might be, you know, Monday through Friday on a normal work week. Um, you know, I pay them fairly, uh, you know, competitively pretty good rates. Um, and it's enough to keep them from saying, yeah, I don't know if I want to take on those headaches because they see the headaches that, I face as a business owner and that you probably face as well as a business owner. And they, they don't want to have, you know, they don't feel the pressure to go take on that stuff. How do you ensure that these guys are putting out a quality product in your absence? I think that first comes with the training and attention to details and the small, you know, all the little details that go into an event. I, I dialed down onto them the, importance of every aspect of the event and they don't get the headline out of the gate they all start with me as an assistant or a motivator at a mitzvah or you know as a roadie on an event and they gradually learn i gradually hand them more responsibility i gradually put them in positions to experience uh events on their own you know when a guy's been a, an assistant with me uh you know let's say for a year uh, DJ, uh, being my assistant at a wedding, um, I don't turn them loose on a wedding by themselves solo. I might go as their assistant and we flip the roles a little bit. So I give them the responsibility of being the headliner. Um, one great training ground that we've utilized is our trivia nights. I've you know, been able to get guys really polished on the microphone hosting trivia because you know as a trivia host, mm -hmm. you're on the microphone for two, two and a half hours nonstop having to entertain and engage a crowd. And the other thing is, 
I really dial down or, or impress upon them the importance of being prideful in your work and the importance and the significance of that event for that family. And I think they take pride in their work representing me. They take pride in doing a quality job. And I, I got to admit, some of it's probably I've been very blessed and lucky to have guys that really care about uh, me because I care about them and they care about the clients and their events because they understand how important they are. How much involvement does your staff have with customer interaction before the event? Do they do their own sales? Do they handle their own leads? Do they basically get assigned a lead and you have a protocol that they follow? Walk us through that. Yeah, the, the leads all come in to me as the business owner, whether it's via email, social media, phone, that sort of thing. Um, I handle the initial phone call consultation, you know, the intake of the information uh, about their event and what's going to be needed and required. And if it's a situation where I'm personally not going to be the headliner, um, I know my guy's schedules. We use, you know, online, uh, you know, booking and event management software. So I know their schedules and know when they've had time off requests, things like that. I'll say, hey, this particular headliner would be perfect for your event. He's done many Sweet 16s for me, or he's led many weddings. I'd love to set up an appointment with you and him, and usually myself. If they're new to the sales process and new to that part of it, I usually am sitting or involved with the meeting. If we do a meeting by Skype, I'll have one of the guys Skype in, either, either from their home or they come to my house if it's convenient. Um, or if we're meeting face-to-face, -face, we all sit together. I'll handle a lot of the sales stuff of that, and I'll let the guys handle uh, the discussions or things about the actual execution of the event. Um, once the event is booked, um, I do leave it in the hands of the headliner to uh, schedule and conduct the follow-up meeting, because they'll be the one on-site conducting the wedding and handling the clients and the, vend the vendors at the event. I let them do the follow-up meeting with the planners. They've usually gone to a few of those with me, so they've been brought up to speed on the information that's required, questions they should ask, things that the brides and grooms maybe haven't thought of that they should be asking. And once the planning meeting is completed, usually anywhere from like three to five weeks before the wedding, uh, I'll do a quick phone call with them or a face-to-face -face get together if we're all around. Hey, how'd the meeting go? Are there any technical issues? Are there any things they've thrown you for a curveball? And then once we're all on the same page and I have been brought up to speed that I know what the clients are expecting, you know, they execute the event. I'm always there to provide support if they have a problem, an issue, something they need handled. And they go off and do the events and it's been very successful and we've had uh, clients, you know, in return, uh, refer them, recommend them, friends book them and call back and say, we'd like to use Dan again or use Anthony again on a future event. That was actually my next question is, do you see a lot of return business in the form of either whether it's maybe a corporate, a, a referral or uh, a bar abutments for family with your guys? Do you have a reward program uh, for when they generate referrals, how does that work? Sure, if they generate a referral and we book the event, they get a small, like almost percentage commission on it. Well, first they get like a little referral fee, almost like a flat you know, bonus in their pay for the referral. If the client says to me, we heard about you from Dan and Dan, uh, we'd like to book him for the event, great. When, when that client contracts and gives a down payment to reserve the date, Dan would get a small, flat bonus for the referral. 
if he actually conducts the sales meeting and closes them, he would get a small percentage commission fee for signing the contract. And then obviously he gets his talent fee for performing the event. So you've got a pretty good environment there and there is some growth coming for your business. Let's talk a little bit about that in um, joining forces, I guess you could say, yeah. the conversation off the air. And um, you see the value of working with your colleagues and that's taken a step in a new direction. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, mentioning that, you know, I've got a two-year-old daughter and I have a wife that works full time. One of the things that any multi-op knows, and especially if you're a parent, is one of the things is time management. And I've gradually realized over the last, you know, you know, year, year and a half, once my wife went back to work full time, that the number of hours you have in the day to grow your business, take care of your clients, uh, cultivate new leads, networking, it shrinks rapidly. In addition to that, I've never been a fan of some of the back office uh, workload that's required of owning a DJ company. I really love performing. I love training and teaching and educating. That's why I like doing things at the DJ Expo, presenting at, you know, Jake's seminar and other networking and other opportunities to educate and realizing that those are where my strengths lies and those are what I'm passionate about. And I've got a good working relationships with some other DJ companies in my area myself and another DJ owner are going to be merging our companies together. And I can't give all the full details because it's not public yet, but my DJ company, along with another DJ company, who's also a smaller sized multi-op, are combining resources, talent, clients, and we're going to combine our companies. And we're excited about this because this business owner is also a new parent and experiencing some of the same things that I am. And he's someone that is very good at the back office budgets, payroll, taxes, invoices, all that type of stuff. And he can rely on me to handle the talent, the creative, the performance. I can rely on him to handle those things. And now we've increased our resources, our talent, uh, increased our, our brain pool, if you will. And, and we can divvy up different responsibilities where we can grow one company all together to really, you know, push the envelope and really do some things that maybe both of us have wanted to do, but have had to put to the side because of our personal lives and time availability and the volume of work we're both trying to do as single owners, you know? It sounds to me like each person's strengths are going to offset each other with this new merger. Right. And it's also a support system. That's exactly what our plan is, is that we're going to have a, you know, upper management executive level group of three. Um, there's another, you know, the, the other company has a, it's a, it's a 50, 50 co-ownership, but the three of us will, you know, be kind of an executive board now where, you know, we're going to make group decisions on things, but we have a support system. If one guy, um, even though his responsibility might be, you know, invoicing a corporate client and is tied up with something, well, I can certainly step in here or there and handle that and take care of it. Or if someone is tied up with something with one of their children sick or has to go somewhere, whatever, another guy can take over 
you know, a few extra leads, booking events and conducting sales meetings. So we've got that support structure in place, the talent and the staff from both companies. We've already done like a group get together. Everyone's on board. Everyone's looking forward to this new venture. And part of this new venture is we're going to be getting away from the subcontractor situation and everyone's going to be employees. So big changes all the way around, it sounds like. It's, a, it's great that you've got the employees on board because I would think that that's one of the big obstacles in doing all of this is taking people who've never worked together before and putting them in an environment where they're going to have to start. And do you see that as going smooth? Do you see there being a learning curve? Uh, there are an incredible level of similarities between the two companies because the other business owner and myself do have a previous working relationship in the industry more than 12 years ago. So this is us kind of getting the band back together from when we worked together previously. Um, so that's a plus. Also, the the crews, like we had the, the main headliners and our three executive board staff, we had, you know, a few get togethers where it was a kind of get to know you social gathering, let's hang out and chat about everything. Everybody's really excited. I mean, all of my guys were spoken to individually about it. They were all excited about what the future holds. The headliners on the other side were all spoke to individually. They're excited about what it holds. And then we started, we did a couple of get togethers where we all discussed everything, uh, talked how things were going to work. We're going to, you know, obviously the guys that have worked with me exclusively for the last eight, nine years or last, you know, four or five years for some of them, uh, they're going to be, you know, still kind of attached to my events or my clients and working with me. And we're going to slowly kind of cross pollinate staffs because we do know some guys have different habits or skills or things they think work. And so we don't want guys that have worked for me to work with guys on the other crews and say, oh, you're doing this wrong, or this is the way it should be. We want everyone to learn from everybody and kind of learn those ideas and tricks that maybe we have that they don't, and we can learn some stuff from them. Um, and so the, the cross-pollination will be gradual, because obviously both companies have events and clients and things on the books expecting what they previously booked. So we're not going to like up you know, overturn the apple cart and start changing staffing just because we've got this new venture going on. So with this acquisition, I guess you could say, or merger. Merger would be a better phrase for it. Now, both companies do the same kinds of events. Is, are there services that one of you offers that the other one doesn't that you're going to have to cross train on? Or is yeah, it similar I, enough that you're not going to have to worry about that? Yeah, I mean, there's some things. I obviously have a successful weekday trivia clientele. They do not. Um, that's something that they don't do a lot of. I'll have to train some of their headliners on trivia in case we use them as either substitute trivia hosts or we add additional trivia accounts. So there's little things like that. But for the most part, Every, you know, both companies have been booking barn bot mitzvahs, both companies have been booking weddings, both companies have been doing corporate work and Sweet 16, so it's not a massive change on, on those ends. If anybody knows Mike, you know Mike's got a game for just about everything under the sun. And speaking of which, you're going to be doing a, a, a presentation coming up pretty soon about games. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Rob. So yeah, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I'm going to be one of uh, a handful of speakers at the Mobile DJ Meetup. It's a regional uh, educational networking DJ uh, gathering that's going to take place in Allentown, Pennsylvania. 
I was really flattered that they asked me to be one of the presenters. Uh, I'm going to have a 90-minute uh, slot. I'm kicking off the Tuesday session of the education, and I'm going to talk about and perform uh, a variety of different games. And it's going to be a little different than maybe some of the game seminars people have seen at the DJ Expo that I do with Jake, whereas it's not going to be 90 minutes of game, 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 game. I'm going to take a few minutes at the beginning to discuss the mechanics of what makes a good game, ways to create games on your own, what to look for, or how to train your staff in executing a game. And this isn't just for DJs who do barn bot mitzvahs. That's a, a huge misconception that when people hear the word games, they assume barn bot mitzvah, communion confirmation, and kid teen events. And that's mm -hmm. not the case. We utilize games at our corporate events and have an incredible return booking rate because of some of the interactives we do at corporate events. There have been isolated incidents at or situations at weddings where a game is needed to either fill time or to, you know, engage people who may not be a dancing type crowd that provides entertainment for them. Um, so I'm going to talk about some of those things and kind of show some examples of what makes a good game and what doesn't make a good game. And then, yes, of course, we're going to play some games and I'm going to be bringing a variety of games for different DJs. A couple of the games will be propless games where you don't need a trunk full of gadgets. There'll be a couple of games where you might need only one or two props. And then, yes, there'll be some larger scale games that require, you know, pool noodles and beach balls and you know, practice cones and hula hoops and all sorts of goofy stuff. So I want to ha hit a little bit of everything, but also just talk about and kind of dispel some of the, 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 the uh, rumors and urban legends about games because it's something that can truly elevate an entertainer's repertoire. And that's all it is. It's another tool to have in the toolbox to be prepared for. And that's the key is you can DJ, and we talked about this in some previous episodes with some of our other guests, you can DJ by pushing play on your laptop and playing some great music, or you can entertain. And you're absolutely 100% right. It's funny because we use games. In fact, I used the beach ball game recently that you did at DJ Times. Oh, the human uh, lottery. Yeah. And let's <laughs> put it this way. I didn't realize how long it took to blow up 20 beach balls. Right. Until I started playing that game and it went over huge and it wasn't, a kids event it was uh it was a corporate event that we were doing and it's something different and that's the thing is even when you go into bar and bat mitzvahs i can't imagine any bar or bat mitzvah dj that doesn't know how to do coke and pepsi and i think and i i don't want to make this a general statement but i would say the majority because it is kind of a traditional Bar and bat mitzvah game. Coke and Pepsi happens at the majority of bar and bat mitzvahs in the country. Sure do. And I think when you go in with something different, mm -hmm. like the Pac-Man game with the pooper scoopers and the <laughs> balls, which yeah. is another one I did the other day with a, uh, a school group. When you bring that stuff in, it sets you apart from the guy who's doing mummy rap and Coke, Pepsi, and, you know, all those other traditional games out there, sometimes you need to change it up a little bit. And that's been the one thing that's worked for me as well, 
is by having different games. I have people call me up and go, you know, we did the chopsticks and M&M thing last year. It went over great. What do you have for us this year? And we're getting that stuff now for the holiday season. It's funny. Our holiday bookings started coming in literally the week after Labor Day because people are starting to think about it now. And they're looking back at what they had to do last year. And it's the beginning of the fourth quarter. So right. we're getting to that point right now. So yeah. it's pretty good stuff. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this show on how people can learn more about the DJ meetup. And you never know, I may get in the truck and take the ride. Well, we'd love to see you there, Rob. And people, I, I, I'll, I'll, even, I'll even say it for people. It's the themobiledjmeetup.com. It's three days. It's November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And we've got a great lineup of speakers. I'm flattered to be there with uh, Brian Scott Red, John Young, Sean, Big Daddy McKee, Donnie Lewis. I mean, it's, it's a really great grouping of people. And I think people are going to get, if you enjoy the DJ Expo, if you enjoy Mobile Beat Las Vegas, and you want to continue that education on a smaller group scale, uh, this is it. And it's uh, going to be a really great uh, three days of uh, networking, idea sharing and really elevating your uh, DJ business. So I think that's going to be great stuff, Mike. I'm glad you are on the show today. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule. My Don't pleasure. Enjoy that awesome New York weather. And uh, I will. thanks for the download this week. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Give us your ideas for future guests, questions, or topics, or just stay informed about upcoming episodes on our Facebook page or visit www.mobiledjpodcast.biz. The Mobile DJ Business Podcast is a production of Ron Peters Entertainment, all rights reserved.